0: Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. This is Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church in Covington. It's a privilege and a joy for us to be able to come to you with the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's good news. It's all good for those who are willing to embrace the grace and the love and the mercy of the Savior who loved them and gave himself up for them. And that includes all of us as members of the family of God, and so uh, I just want to greet each of you in the name of, uh, of the Lord Jesus. Uh, hello to a lot of our church members, uh, shut-ins, those who are unable to get out to the, the service, and a whole lot of neighbors and friends, and, and those who are uh, every week listeners to this broadcast. And we're so proud, and, and it's a joy for us to minister to you in this way. So let's go to the Word of God today. We're going to be reading some scriptures over in Genesis chapter 50, but I've entitled this message, uh, Steps to Keep Us in the Love of God. Steps to Keep Us in the Love of God. There is an interesting verse in the little book of Jude in the New Testament, uh, just one chapter. And Jude, of course, was a half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, along with James. Both of them wrote little short books in the New Testament and were leaders in the Lord's church, in the early church after it was planted. But in verse 21 of Jude, he says this, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Interesting charge uh, that he gives these Christians. Keep yourself in the love of God. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Well, there's just so many directions that we could go and scriptures that we could use. But I'd like for us to go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis, and I'd like for us to look at the story of Joseph. Uh, the life of Joseph Joseph is portrayed for us in uh, about thirteen uh, chapters of the book of Genesis verses or chapters thirty seven through fifty, and most of you know about Joseph in the Old Testament uh, he is uh, one of the most popular characters in in the Bible. uh Joseph was the favorite son of his father Jacob Jacob the patriarch, and of course you remember he had twelve sons and later those. Twelve sons were, the names of those twelve sons were given to the tribes of Israel. But Joseph was his favorite. Of course, these sons had been born to to one of four different women, two wives and and two servants of the wives, slaves. And, uh, you know, God began to reveal uh, the future to Joseph through dreams that he had. But when he shared those dreams... Uh, Joseph's brothers and even his parents were filled with uh, jealousy. Uh, The brothers began to hate him. And uh, they decided one day they were going to kill him, if you remember. And rather than killing him, however, which was the original plan, they wound up selling him into slavery in Egypt. Um, And uh, even though he was mistreated during his years uh, down In Egypt. In fact, he was in prison probably about 13 years. You'll remember that uh, he was successful in everything that he did, even while he was in prison. And one day he was able to interpret the dream of the ruler of Egypt, Pharaoh. And after predicting the future famine that was coming after six after seven years of plenty, Joseph said there's going to be seven years of famine. And uh, uh, Pharaoh promoted Joseph to rule over all of that process of keeping the food, storing the food, giving out the food. He was second in command to Pharaoh. And uh, during the famine then, you remember Joseph's brothers uh, come down to Egypt to buy grain because they didn't have any grain in the promised land where they lived. So here come Joseph's brothers down. They didn't even recognize Joseph, who was in charge of all this. And when Joseph sees them, can you imagine all the things that went through his head? Uh, Joseph ha- had to decide how he was going to treat his brothers. And uh, he, he was an honest man. He was a good man, and without a doubt, he loved the Lord. Joseph went through a whole lot during those years as a young man. He suffered much, and much of his suffering was due to the hatred and the selfishness of his family, his brothers. He went through a lot of the same things that many people today go through. In fact, we can often compare our lives to Joseph. But I'd like for us to take a portion of scripture in the very last chapter of Genesis, where uh, Joseph uh, has already revealed himself to his brothers and he has moved the whole family, Jacob and all of the family down to Egypt to live in a very choice property there. but when Jacob dies when the when the father dies, the brothers they begin to talk to each other, and they, they're they, afraid that maybe Joseph now is going to reap, wreak some havoc on them because of what they did to him and what they put him through. So we're going to read verses 15 to 21, because these are precious verses, and then we're going to draw out some lessons from this passage. The Bible says, beginning in Genesis 50, verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. And when their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, and this is verse 19, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Now, based on Joseph's response to his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, Let's consider uh, some very important things that will allow uh, him and us to stay in God's love. Because one of the things I admire about Joseph is that he didn't hold a grudge. He didn't hate his family for what they did to him. He just wanted to do the right thing. And in the end, he wanted to provide for those that he loved, for those brothers and their families, And we can go a long way in learning how to stay in God's love when we consider what he did and how he did it. But there's some things that we need to remind ourselves of if we're going to stay in God's love. The first thing is that we've got to remind ourselves, I am not God. Uh, Someone has said, God is God and I am not. And that's exactly right. So here at verse 19, when his brothers come and fall down in front of him and say, we are your slaves, he consoles them and he says, am I in the place of God? That's a good question. Am I in the place of God? I wouldn't dare bring myself to the place where I thought I was in God's place. And since I'm not God, therefore I cannot control the circumstances of my life. And we need to remember that. Uh, we can't control all the circumstances of our lives. You know, we, re- we go through life and we have many hurdles and we have many easy days and we have a lot of joys and sometimes we have sorrows, but for the most part, we can't control those events, those circumstances. Even David later, you remember, uh, wrote and said, there is only a step between me and death, and and we could say that every day, couldn't we? There's only a step. Uh, I am not God, and therefore, I don't know everything there is to know. Only God has the knowledge and the wisdom to hold this universe that he created together to make it beautiful. Um, I, I just don't know everything that there is to know. What's the old song say? I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said, and today he walks beside me, for he knows what is ahead. But I don't know. I don't know everything. Uh, I am not God, and therefore I am not going to be your judge. And I'm so glad that Joseph took that approach with his brothers. I, I am not going to condemn you. You see, it's not our place to pronounce judgment or condemnation. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter eight, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus in his his sermon on the Mount, you remember, said, don't judge or you will be judged with the same measure that you use to judge other people. The same measure will be used on you. But a whole lot of times we judge, we pronounce condemnation. We think we're able to do that. But we, we can't. Only God is the judge. I am not God. So therefore, I can only try to be as forgiving as he is. You know, this action that Joseph took in spite of all that the brothers had, had done, he forgave them. He forgave them. He cleaned the slate. I I just have so much admiration for Joseph, and I ask myself many times, would I be able to do that? Would I be able to act like that? I am not God, therefore I'm going to try to love and forgive as he loves and as he forgives. Of course, in Egypt, uh, Pharaoh was considered a god by the Egyptians. He was considered a god. Now, Joseph had authority from Pharaoh, but he didn't act as if he was God like Pharaoh was. He, In fact, he humbled himself. Our Lord Jesus, even though he was and is God, humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And now he offers us that same type of forgiveness that Joseph offered his brothers. Isn't that beautiful? So one of the things we must remind ourselves is, I'm not God. The second thing is, I know that I live in an evil world. In verse 20, Joseph looks at his brothers and says, I know you intended to harm me. You wanted to kill me. You finally threw me in a cistern, and and when some slave traders came by, you sold me to them. And, and of course, the, the scripture says they, they dipped his beautiful coat of many colors in animals' blood and took it to their father and says, is, is this, is this your, your son's robe? We found this. And for all those years, Jacob thought that a wild animal had killed his favorite son. So Joseph looks at his brothers and says, you intended to harm me. You see, he lived in an evil world. And so do we. The world is an evil place. Someone has said, expect the world to say, crucify him if you follow Jesus. Yes. Uh, you know, there's so much hatred in the world, even in families. And I, I hate it when I see families that are at each other's throats all the time. Uh, by the way, Joseph didn't excuse his brother's actions. I, I don't want you to get that. He, he, he didn't excuse them. Uh, what he did, he heard and he saw a change of heart on their part. He saw repentance on their part, and therefore he was able to take them back, to, to wipe the slate clean, and to forgive them. And the same thing is true. When God sees us, when he sees our changed hearts, when he sees us repent from our sins and our evil ways, he's able to do the same thing for us. Aren't we, aren't, aren't you glad? That's, that's a wonderful thing to know. You remember, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, If the world hated me, then the world's going to hate you too. You can count on it because we live in an evil world. As Christians, if, if I don't anticipate a cross, then I probably won't be able to carry one when I'm supposed to. Expect the cross, it, it, it's ahead of us. Expect the cross. So we've gone over two ideas of how we can stay in the love of God. Remember that you're not God, and remember that you live in an evil world, and therefore bad things are going to come along. Uh, There is a cross to bear. Jesus said, if anyone would be my disciple or come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Are you willing to do that? Now, the third thing that we need to remind ourselves of if we're going to stay in the love of God, uh, I believe that God is a sovereign God. In verse 20, David says, you intended to hurt me. You intended evil for me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God intended for good. Intended what for good? Everything that happened. He he intended for Joseph to to be sold by his brothers because they hated him and they were angry with him and they were jealous about him. God intended that because later on he says, God sent me down here into Egypt ahead of you. That was God's plan, Joseph says. Uh, He's sovereign. He knows exactly what he's doing. Even though this world is under the domination of Satan, the Bible says that God is greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit who is God in us. The word sovereign, of course, basically means he does what he pleases. And when God does what he pleases, all that pleases him is good and right and perfect. That's that's a wonderful thing about God. He never does anything wrong. Uh, God doesn't need to ask our opinion about anything. The His is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus said that in the model prayer, didn't he? Um, I believe that God is a sovereign God and therefore his intentions are all good. Uh, God is working in circles. He's working in time. He's working in circumstances. And we we can't always know the purpose and the reason behind some of those circumstances and those circles in which he takes us. Remember, Isaiah spoke the words of God in Isaiah 55 and verse 8, where God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. In Romans 11 and verse 33 Paul wrote and said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Uh, Some translations say his ways beyond finding out. God, God does things and works things that we don't even understand. Sometimes later, uh, as we continue our lives, he reveals to us and we understand. The, of course, the song says, Farther Along, we'll know all about it. Farther Along, we'll understand why, but not now. God is sovereign, and he intends all that accomplishes that he accomplishes in our lives. He, in, he intends that for good. Uh, let's go on. A- another thing we need to remember if we're going to stay in the love of God is that God uses his sovereignty for our good and for the good of others. He does. Uh, Joseph says, God intended it for good. And, of course, we immediately think about Romans 8, 28, don't we? Where the Apostle Paul said, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, God works for the good, the good of whom? Those who love him. Now, let me ask you, if we decide that we don't want to stay in God's love, then he's not going to be able to work all things for our good, is he? And then we have the little phrase, who are called according to his purpose. His purpose, his purpose. We need to remember that we're not here for our, our own purpose. We're here for God's purpose. Do you do you have God's will, God's purpose, in your heart and in your life and in your mind, or are you wrapped up in yourself? We're, we're not here for our, our purpose. We're here for God's. Back in uh, chapter forty-five, when when Joseph first reveals to his brothers that he's their brother. Uh, He says to them in verses 7 and 8 of Genesis 45, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. It wasn't you who sent me here. You sold me. And the slave traders brought me here, but it was God that sent me. And he had a purpose in doing it. He needed me to get here before you got here in the famine. Well, there's something else I think we need to remember, and then we'll, we'll finish it up. Uh, if, if we're going to stay in the love of God, we need to remember that God's ultimate plan for our lives is for us to be a blessing to others. It just blows my mind that Joseph still had so much concern and so much love, so much compassion for his brothers, for his family, for his father. Um, In verse 21, he says to his brothers, so then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. After going through so much, after facing the hostility and the hatred and the jealousy and the selfishness of those brothers after all of that you know during those 13 years in prison he could have sulked and hardened his heart against them he could have thought things like if i ever get out of here and if i if i ever see them again i'm I, i'm going to give them the same thing they gave me he could have he could have said that but he didn't he realized that God was going to use him to bless his family. So he consoles them, and he assures them that he's going to provide for them. And uh, when he tells Pharaoh about his brothers, Pharaoh says, you, you send them home with carts and horses, and and you tell them to pack up and come down here, we're going to give them choice property to live in. And... That's exactly what happened. Uh, Joseph used in the hand of God in such a mighty and wonderful way. Are you keeping yourself in God's love? Well, in order to do that, I think you have to remember that you are not God. He is. I am not. You are not in the place of God. And we need to realize that we live in an evil world and that therefore some bad things are going to happen and people are not going to like us and people are going to want to hurt us and we we just live in that kind of a world. We shouldn't be so surprised. And we need to believe that God is sovereign. And therefore when he intends to do something it is order it is to accomplish good things. Just like he did through Joseph. We, we need to put our trust and our faith in him and to realize that he is going to lead the way. And then we need to remember that God is going to use his sovereignty for our good. God intended it for good. When you go through some bad times, dear friend, just remember that you have God with you. He'll never, he'll never take you where his grace and his love can't keep you and console you. And his plan is that you be a blessing to others. Reach out. Reach out and help someone. Thank you so much for listening today and for being with us. I'm going to ask that we pray and then we'll have some Christian music as we go off the air. Heavenly Father, we thank you for some of the great Bible characters Uh, Like Joseph, what a a beautiful example and model of love and forgiveness and and doing your will, Joseph is. Uh, He kept himself in your will and in your love, no matter what he faced. Help us, Lord, that we might do the same thing. Help us to be strong. Help us to be faithful in everything we do. Bless those that are listening. Would you... uh, Would you just lead those that maybe aren't Christians today by your Holy Spirit? Help them to see that they need Jesus in their lives to be their Savior. Make make that happen. Guide us and bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.